0: We're going to go across across the diagonal out past the church and then down a little quiet path that will take us to Newton Green.
1: Brilliant. This is the Travelling Through podcast. I'm your host, Emma, and today's guest is Jo Thwaites. Jo came to London over 40 years ago from Aberdeen. She trained as a building surveyor and conservation, worked at historic royal palaces, and has just recently retired. Jo was originally my boss and is now a great friend. And this is her unique story about London, the world, and life. Okay, Joe okay. Thwaites. Yes, Emma Carmichael. Here we are in Clissold <laughs> Park. park yeah. Welcome to the Traveling Through podcast. Oh, thanks thank for you. thanks for agreeing to be um, to be a guest. <laughs> and I've come a bit of a roundabout way on the train, <laughs> two trains. Yeah, wrong
0: park. But I have to
1: say, Finsbury Park <laughs> it's a nice train park. station. Oh, never used to have trains coming into it. Have I missed something? Yes, yes. Always, Did oh, it always yes, have? It always has. True. I, I must have All read the my... trains
0: north from King's Cross and Euston go through Finsbury Park.
1: Did they do that even in the nineties? Yes,
0: all the trains in Scotland go I through go through Finsbury Park because they're just picking up speed and mostly they don't stop. But there are trains that from Euston that do stop there.
1: Right. Okay. For some reason, I never knew that, even though I lived in it's the excitement just this of area. leaving
0: London, and you just yeah. you leave it in a flash, but you go through Finsbury Park.
1: Yeah. But I used to get out at Finsbury Park oh. regularly when I lived in Haringey oh, yes. and walk up the hill. Yes. But I don't think I ever realised there was a train station there. Or yes. if I yes. did, they're I've quite just separate. forgotten. Yeah, quite yeah. simple. Yeah. But it yeah. seems more international now. Though. Oh yeah. yeah. yeah, Anyway, here we are at Twistle yes. Park yes. and Joe's going to take us, us on, a, on a walking mystery tour. Um, and Joe, I, I was trying to remember actually when we were just like this hackney, just the hackney Park Park Green van. Spaces oh. van. <laughs> With its revving engine past us. Let's yep. go. Okay, that... so I'm pushing my bicycle So as right. well. So it's... Do you want me I, to hold that? No, 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 it'll be no. fine. I'll right. just rest okay. it again. So, Joe, I was trying to remember the first time that we met, and actually I think it was me being interviewed by you and Philip Hartley at the Tower of London for a building surveying job. It was before that. Was it? Yes. Because
0: I was in a kind of hole in the wall in the Queen's House in the Tower, and your tutor, Quentin oh, Picard, Picard, remember yes, him? Yes, yes. Who had also been my tutor at South Bank Poly. Yes. And I'd kept in touch with him and he knew where I was. Anyway, he brought you to the tower and I was in this hole in the wall trying to find a position for a fire detector, smoke detector, and I could hear Quentin's voice and I thought, oh, who's that? And came out and then he was there and you were standing next to him. Was I?
1: Hmm. <laughs> I don't remember that. Are you sure it was me?
0: <laughs> yes. Okay, because wow. that was the first time I laid eyes on you, and I thought, "Oh, that's nice." So we must have decided to interview you after that.
1: Yes, because yes, we did the whole load with of other people. Yes, at the that's time, right. Yes, so. yes,
0: yes, yes. Of course, um, because there was yes. Of course, we did things properly. We didn't, we didn't just, we didn't just appoint <laughs> or our have, pals. Or have her. <laughs> Like the Tory government, you know, we, we didn't do that.
1: <laughs> no politics, please. Here, <laughs> this is a very clean podcast.
0: Sorry. <laughs> well, uh, well, we're not going to be successful.
1: <laughs> no, no, Any, no.
0: Anyway, so yes, so there was an inter- interview process. Yes, and you yeah. you would have been interviewed in the cabins. That's right, Minst I was. Street, yes. yes, yeah. That used to be the curator's office. Out of all the historic buildings in the Tower of London, they couldn't find a, an office, an office for the
1: curators. <laughs> <laughs> in the That's of the right. And the cabin was my office for a number of years as a yeah, result yes, of that. that. Yes, no, they've
0: now been demolished and removed and... There's no, no trace of them at all now. Right. Yes, and at that time, all we were doing was fire, fire safety, because it wasn't long after the um, the Windsor fire. That's right, yes. Um, and the, there had Am- been the Amos Hampton Court fire as well
1: in eighty five. hadn't there, That was much earlier, saying. yes. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, but there was a fire safety project, and we were trying to stop the rest of the, the palaces burning down because um, fire safety wasn't... Top of their priorities. No. And um, that, no. so we spent we spent seven years doing that. Yes. Yeah, long long time. A lot
1: of mm-hmm. uh, clambering onto roofs, under roofs, under floorboards, yes. in holes. Yes. Anywhere where no one else went, we had these boiler suits and masks. first time yes. we used to wear masks. Yeah. Yes. And um yeah. but it was great fun. Yes. Very
0: active. Yes, kept us fit. Kept um, us very Kept fit. us entertained, the <laughs> always interesting things in the roof spaces that you didn't expect. <laughs> Spiders and
1: all sorts of discoveries that we'd make. Yeah, which is witches, yes. witches yeah. marks on yeah. oh, to keep witches away, not yes. witches' yes. marks.
0: Well, we recognise them instantly, of course. Yes, <laughs> of
1: course we did, yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs>
0: Yeah, no, it was, it was good fun. It was a good, it was a good project to work on, and we were kind of trailblazing fire safety, and we did all sorts of fire safety experiments. We used to set we things did. on fire. I've never stopped setting things on fire. Have it's you not? So, since, no, it's no. the best. It's the best way to test whether something's flammable. Yes, is to take it outside and Sit put farther. a match to it. <laughs> then you know. And of course, that isn't what they did at Grenfell, and they should have done it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. yeah. So anyway, that's that's what we started. But we were both building surveyors. We were. We, we were chartered by then as well and that, well, that was the criteria well i was i was actually
1: still mm. doing my uh oh, training really? to become mm. chartered mm. so mm. i was a, like a trainee there so as yeah. right. oh, well so, so there yeah i was there for nine years but mm. you you were there for 27 years 27 years yes. my Wait, goodness I know, a
0: lifetime ridiculous really. <laughs>
1: <laughs> wow, <laughs> wasn't but what
0: i intended but <laughs>
1: so yes yeah. well uh, let's 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 take this right back to the very beginning then yeah. because you were originally born in Aberdeen is that
0: right? Well no I was born in uh, Forfur actually which okay. is in Angus it's a bit south of Aberdeen closer to um, Dundee but I only lived there for two or three years and then my mother uh, left my father and went up to um, Aberdeen which is where she was from yes. and uh, well that's where her parents were living and we all lived um, with my grandparents so I was brought up mostly in Aberdeen.
1: Yeah. Right and then you went to Edinburgh, Edinburgh, escaped to Edinburgh. Yes,
0: it was an escape. I it was, was it ca- escape. counting the days till I could leave Aberdeen. <laughs> I remember that summer, I just had a calendar and I ticked off the days <laughs> <laughs> till I could go home, which was pretty horrible for my mother, I suppose. Bit... So um, I left Aberdeen and I was still 17. Mm-hmm. And because um, I got a place at Edinburgh Uni and to me that was kind of the other side of the world, you know, in, in yes, Scotland. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I yeah. was so far away. And that's where I started um, realising there was a whole world, much more than Edinburgh, to, to discover. Yeah, and you and, studied, yeah.
1: what did you study in, in I was, I, at
0: that point I was studying French and um, uh, European history. So I did that for a while, then I dropped the French and I took up politics. So I did politics for a yes, while, yeah. and my degree and linguistics I did as well. Okay. Um, so it was one of those kind of Scottish degrees that little bits of, bits of everything. You know, you you, you you end up doing a bit of bit of science, bit of maths, and a bit of um, human well, quite a lot of humanities as well. Mm-hmm. So you know, in accordance with the the way that. Scottish education. It's much broader, I think, than than you often get in, in England, You know, where you have to specialise. Yeah. yeah. Area.
1: So what mm. brought you south to, to London? Well, I mean, so many Scots mm, mm. coming south generally come because it's a drive, a focus, or it's something specific mm. that makes them leave Scotland because well, so a, many don't leave.
0: <laughs> well, at that time, many were leaving. If you wanted to get on in the world, Scotland was not a great place of opportunity. It was quite old-fashioned quite conservative quite you know they just weren't it wasn't particularly exciting or it seemed to me at that time and um what i what i had wanted to do was become a teacher i mean i had wanted to teach i've always enjoyed teaching and i'd always that was my sort of calling i thought yeah and um so at the college of education the murray house in edinburgh for some reason, decided that they had enough history, because I would have taught history, um, they had enough history teachers and they didn't need to take any teachers in. So they didn't, they wouldn't accept me. Oh, no. And I thought, oh, that's ridiculous. How can you have enough history teachers? <laughs> you know. Anyway, they said they didn't need any more history teachers. And right, enough, later on, there was a shortage of them, you know, five, six years down the line. But anyway, at that point, I thought, well, I'm not staying here then. If they don't want me, I'll, I'm leaving. <laughs> I'm leaving. I'm going to London. So, well, no, I went to Australia at that point. Oh, my
1: goodness. And... Um, That really was very radical.
0: The first time I'd been on a plane. I'd never been on a plane before. Um, And in those days, there was no mobile phones or anything. So when I got to Sydney after a 23-hour flight, stopping off in Bombay and Bahrain and Singapore, um, I had to send a telegram at the post office (laughs) to my mother. Arrived safely in Sydney. Met Martin, who had been my boyfriend in Edinburgh. Yes. And he was was a social worker. So... um, I spent six months in Australia. And of course, when you do something like that, everything is a wonder. You know, everything's amazing. Yeah. Because <laughs> you've yes. never seen much of the world before. So I just had a tremendous time. And I still have friends who are now all over the world um, from that time, you know, because it's just, at that time you're just so kind of receptive and everything's everything's amazing. Yes, <laughs> um, yes. But anyway, in the end, I realized that I wasn't going to stay there for the rest of my life. I, I, I did miss the UK. And it,
1: did you miss Scotland specifically? No, or just... it,
0: it, I missed living somewhere where there wasn't very much obvious history. I don't mean that there, there wasn't history, of course there was history mm. there, but there was no sense of having, you know, you could learn from anything else. There's something about the Australian way of life. They live very much in the present. Yes. And it was like living in a funny sort of bubble. It had, It had. was. You were so far away from people other people who thought like me yeah, thought up like yeah. me um but also it's a, it was a very at that time it's quite a divided place you know it, the the vietnamese boat people were coming they were treated appallingly yes um i couldn't believe how badly um aboriginal people the the bad conditions they had to live in yeah yeah in the towns they were sick ill poor and alcoholics so it was just it was just yeah. dreadful, dreadful. Yeah. and there was such an awful attitude as well yeah so i spent a lot of time going on demonstrations against that and becoming very politically active in, in, about in, it. Sydney, in sydney and brisbane and brisbane okay yeah. but that was
1: in the was that in the 80s it was late 70s late 70s yeah. okay because yeah. i was there in the kind of the late 80s and mm. it was still there but was i kn- yeah mm. yeah but i mean it was i think it was starting to improve? I mean, you, not to the degree that I suspect <laughs> it Although has now. Te- I saw, now, I saw terrible things. I mean, yeah.
0: you know, police behaving really terribly. People being beaten up. People being attacked. Just dreadful things. People taking sanctuary in churches and being dragged out of churches. Just In Brisbane, terrible, terrible. It's the time of Joe Bielke-Peterson, was very, very right-wing, right. kind of red-necked um, local president he was. Dreadful man. So, so, anyway, so a lot of things were kind of about, you know, the ability to, to take yeah. action and change things. Were not, kind of not,
1: not that things were much better in the 70s in this country. No, not at all. Either. Not at all. That's true. And did you feel that your call was stronger to come and focus on. Well, that, that was one of that the reasons. Yes, that, yes that was yeah. one
0: of the reasons. When I came back, I thought, I have to do things, I have to be, I have to act. And, um, Partly because I was there was nothing I could do. I I couldn't see any future for me in Scotland. I came to London. So at that point, when I came to London, the reason I ended up in North London in Islington was because there was a floor of somebody who had space in their house for me to sleep on.
1: But did they give you a mattress? That'll do.
0: Yes, there was a sofa. <laughs> there was a sofa, okay. So you were, you were the yeah, so early, quite, early form
1: of, of couch surfing then? Maybe. Yes,
0: no, I, I was quite comfortable. Before couch
1: surfing existed, you were doing it, Joe. Oh, yes,
0: yeah. <laughs> well, so, and and lots of other people were. At that time, there were a lot of Scots coming to London. It were was, there, yeah. Yes. Well, because it was difficult to get jobs as well, and then they yes. decided training was. It was the, the early 70s was a. Sorry, the early 80s. <laughs> late 70s, early 80s were a yes. time of recession too. So the, the, at that time, and that. There was no sense of Scotland having a sort of renaissance that's happened since. There was none of that there. It's true. Mm. I mean,
1: because I came to London in, well, 1985 for different reasons. But I got a job really quickly and my salary literally doubled overnight. I I couldn't believe it. I thought I was a millionaire. I mean, I think I was earning like £8,000 a year or something. I I thought... That was an incredible that's, amount of money. That's what they said,
0: <laughs> that the streets of London are paved with gold. And it did seem like that to me, because I got, oh, yeah, job, this is great. And and of course, London at that time, for young people, was so exciting. It mean, yes, at the beginning yeah. of punk. It was the beginning of, you know, all these... They, there were all sorts of kind of lefty rock against this, that, and the next thing. And there was you could have a good time as well as fighting the good fight against racism and injustice and inequality and all that as well. Yeah, And it, that, it did seem seem an extraordinarily exciting time, so I got to know a lot of people who had also come to London for that reasons, and a lot of them are still good friends as well. And mm-hmm. um, we used to do all sorts of things, um, campaigning it- about this, that and the next thing, housing, yes. jobs, racism, inequality of... Any nature we could think of yeah, which is one of the reasons we're going to Newington, Newington Green but we'll, I'll, okay, this will to be revealed this when will we, be when revealed we there, when we yes, get to yes, Newington yes, Green, yes, okay,
1: yes. so I will come back to that question then <laughs> um, yes. so so North London, mm. when you were couch surfing, you formed a kind of an affinity with this area mm. and mm. always lived in in the north then is it always yes, around this area' yes, always lived
0: Islington Camden Hackney. The furthest east
1: was walthamstow <laughs> okay which has become very trendy now. yeah isn't
0: it? yeah well they all are but they weren't yes. then i mean no. they were all very scruffy there were lots of squats rents were very cheap I mean, quite often there weren't rents because so you just stayed where you could stay mm-hmm. council housing was um often empty so it was easy to get into i mean it was it was, it was ridiculous but the, the the council didn't have enough money to be able to refurbish them and let them right but, you know, I mean, and there are all sorts of refugees and people from all over the world here. I'd never met so many people from different parts of the world. They were all in Hackney. So I made a lot of Turkish friends, a lot of Kurdish friends. Yes. Oh, it just because housing was was easy, yeah. if you weren't that fussy, it was yes. easy to find somewhere to stay. And you just meet lots of, lots of interesting people, lots of interesting ideas.
1: And in, in this area particularly, it's still mm. a huge Turkish community, isn't yeah. there? Yeah, I um, mean, they
0: have moved a bit further north now, but yeah. yes. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and they're established, you know, they're yes. Londoners, you know, that's just yeah, yeah, it's like we second, all are. second, yes. third generation mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. as well. Um, they used to call me a sweaty sock.
1: A sweaty sock? That's what the what? Cockney
0: Rhinies land for Scots like. A Scot? Yes. <laughs> Sweaties. That's nice. I know, that's what I <laughs> Anyway,
1: at least it wasn't because you had sweaty socks. Well, Well, maybe I I (laughs) didn't. They never told you. (laughs) So, how did you come from um, couch surfing, shall we say, to becoming a chartered building surveyor, (laughs) um, managing (laughs) the Kew Palace project, getting an MBE?
0: (laughs) um, It's not an MBE, it's an MVO, which is. MBO, I beg your pardon. Yeah, Yeah, getting an MBO. Well,
1: yes. It, well, it, it, I mean, none it's of it was a, planned. None of it was planned, no. <laughs> no,
0: I mean, I had to get work, because you had to work. And then I thought, I was working as an admin assistant in the Borough Engineers at Islington. Yes. Which was a very interesting place, because that's where they, they dealt with drains, sewers, street lighting, all the things that, you know, this make a place work. The infrastructure you know, it, yes, of, yes, of London, yes. yes. And I got to know the people. And the people there were they were they they were all Londoners, and at that time... It was the, in Islington Council. If your dad worked for the council, then you worked for the council. Okay. So there was this whole network, generations of people that worked for the ballet engineers. And once you got to know them, because they were very suspicious of me, because I was a sweaty and, and you were an <laughs> outsider from the
1: north. <laughs> all of <through the> it. <laughs> once a funny you
0: got accent. to know them, you, you realised that actually, you know, they'd, they'd put their heart and soul into creating um, the infrastructure of Islington. So there were drainage engineers there um, old men who yeah. never looked at plans or drawings or anything, but they knew where all the drains, all the what the in the inverts were, they knew how deep they were, they knew the condition of them, all that sort of thing. Yes.
1: yes. And
0: they just knew it like the back of their hand. Yeah. You know, it was just a kind of and they were so interesting. You know, I find it very interesting because they could tell you who lived where. And
1: but that's amazing, isn't it? Because even if they retired, their sons or daughters or well, whoever, the, the wealth of knowledge was kind of passed down. Well, but un- until. Until suddenly there was no one. And then what happened? It was. Well, like,
0: until the 80s when yes. everything started being privatised and deregulated. Right. So. Um, I, d- I remember a day at the of Engineers where about hmm. ten of these guys retired. I mean, there were many of them, and they were all in their sixties, and they retired. And the amount of experience that was lost overnight yes, was yes. just shocking. Right. And they were never replaced. So now you don't have drainage engineers in local authorities. You have architects and contractors. Yeah. And between them, they sort of muddle through. Yeah. All the you the know, knowledge The, the, the beautiful gone. engineering of yeah. the Victorian sewers and the infrastructure that was put in place and was regulated when all these North London terrace houses were built yes. is fallen into a terrible um, state of repair. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, that's why when the roadworks are there it's because a sewer's collapsed or a pipe's burst or something. Yes, <laughs> and yes. there's no one maintaining them. There's yeah. no one who even knows exactly where they are. That's no. why they have to dig up
1: the road. So this hmm. super sewer that they're... Hmm. Building now well, well whether that will take the strain off it 'll help,
0: yeah. but then all the infrastructure that feeds into that is, is Victorian still
1: yep, still, still <laughs> in a bad state, yeah. fragile state yeah. Yeah. yeah I remember we went down one of the sewers, didn 't we by the tower in our yes, <laughs> waders that's right that's right yes no that, I mean that, was, that was when
0: that 's when I decided to become a surveyor' it's when one day the drainage engineers the sewage the they're called main drainage engineers, and they were always kind of sort of broader and dirtier than the, the other <laughs> engineers. Yeah. And they said, Do you want to come out and go down a sewer? I said, Yeah, okay. And um they've plied you with all these stories <laughs> about rats. You will see rats and they will fly at you because oh. they're, they're and it looks like they're going for your throat. But they're not. What they're doing is they're just they just see the light between your head and your shoulders and they fly past you. They're escaping.
1: Oh I see. And
0: of course the story is that you know these are Vampiric rats underneath the streets, of London, which they're not. Anyway, so once they told me that, and I kind of got over the, um they then just put me in a big bucket and lowered me down this hole. I said, you alright, Joe? Yeah, fine, fine. Got down there. Anyway, there's somebody down there, and the the bucket clanked from one side. <laughs> oh my goodness. Anyway. When it came out, and it was fine. It's you think sewers would be just it would be overwhelmingly smelly and horrible, um, but they weren't. Yeah. They're were fine. You got used to it. Yeah, yeah. And it was so interesting to see how carefully they'd been made, beautiful the brick brickwork, work. yes, and how each intervention, each um, insertion from a new property, yes, built in Victorian times, beautifully made with a nice haunching and shoulder, you know, beautifully made. And that was what they did. They were inspecting those. Penetrations into the main sewer to make sure they were properly formed. Okay. Um, so of there would be leakage no, and all. Nobody like does that, so. that now, no, and no. they've they've fallen into disrepair. All yeah. beneath your feet, you don't know until there's a swallow hole or the road collapses. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's what they did. anyway, so I just thought this was great, and I thought, oh, this is great. i I want to do what you're doing. And so I was looking at civil engineering and then I realised it was an awful lot of maths and I thought, "Mm, maybe that's not going to be so easy. But then a job came up for a trainee building surveyor and I didn't really know what it was. And um, so I went to ask the civil engineers to do me a mock interview. And, you know, what kind of questions do you think I'll get asked? Of course, they didn't know because they were civil engineers. <laughs> so they just gave me a civil engineering. So I was ready, you know, roads, building, big, main infrastructure stuff. And I went into the interview and they said, can you name the constituent parts of a house? <laughs> I thought this is a trick question. roof. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Windows. <laughs> so that's all they wanted. So anyway, I did. Yeah. And then afterwards they said I'd got a job as a trainee. And that, that, that <laughs> was just wonderful. <laughs> and. Um, even then, stupid
1: things they used to do... Um, right, we going down here, Church Walk. OK, um, Church Walk. North six, N16, we're Yes, in, uh, we're in the, the N- London N- Borough N- of Hackney. Have we changed boroughs, actually, since we've nope, no,
0: walked? No, we're still in Hackney. Yeah. So I then went to... I mean, it's a brilliant system whereby trainees could go to college, South Bank Poly, yes. for one day a week, and the rest of the time, you'd just be working with the other severes. Yeah. So you learn so much on the job and I worked with surveyors and architects and structural engineers and electrical engineers mechanical engineers so you know I learned so much it was a brilliant way to to learn to be a surveyor yes and I really enjoyed South Bank Poly as well because you know you had one day a week to to do the the theory and then the rest of the time you were actually working and drawing and everything. and So at all
1: times you were actually putting what you were learning into practice and probably learning more from the the practice. Yeah no it's great and you know you could ask old people
0: just you know people had lifetimes experience It was just no better way to learn really I think. Yes. yeah. So I did that and I got a good degree out of it and and a degree in building something and you know I used to have I used to have help with my structural structures because that was what I was worst at. Yeah. From a structural engineer, you know <laughs> what what more could
1: you want? Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, it was just it was a great way to learn to the the, the trade of being a, a surveyor, I think.
1: Sure. Yeah. yeah. And then from from so, there, what got you into kind of the conservation work? Well,
0: and, Isl- and Islington was a very old borough, yes. and also had had very few borough architects. They'd been there a long time and had resisted a lot of the uh, 1960s demolition that happened in the rest of London. So even now, you look at Islington, there's very little high-rise building in it. Yep. It's all street level. Yes. It's all um, kind of human scale. It's, not, it's, it's very carefully thought out. Most of the estates in Islington were designed by the, the Borough Architects Department. So they were done in-house by people who lived and worked in Islington so they were they were very sympathetic and even now you you can well Islington now is a very kind of posh place because a lot of the houses and th- these were the ones that they put me to work on were refurbishments of Victorian or Georgian family houses into yeah, yeah. flats or keeping them as family houses so right. much of the council housing stock was refurbished street property okay. historic buildings and so by default you had to do conservation work because yes. Yeah. Everything, most of them were listed. I mean, not 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 grade one mostly, but they were listed. So you had to get permission and design carefully to keep as much as as you could. Yes, yeah. And at that time, it was all in house, so right. it was done carefully. It was done well. You know, none of it was subbed out to people. You know, developers trying to make
1: a quick buck. You know. Yes. Sorry, just just noticing as we walk down this street as well, this an is, old this factory is, street as this well. Is, it's this is a really lovely nice street, isn't it? Yeah church walk so anybody in London come and have a walk down church walk N16 it's really interesting yeah. real mix of different kinds of yeah. architecture as well and
0: well I'm glad you noticed that's why yeah. it came down here. <laughs> it, is an, it is an interesting street although after dark it's quite can be quite scary oh okay d- don't, don't come d- here d- after dark d- <laughs> okay it's, but then you've got and that lovely little house like that, that yeah so yeah, that, yeah. that's obviously been there for a long time I think a lot of the new ones have been there's been a you know, there's been a, a terrace or a bit of a, a muse garage yeah. like this and they've de- been demolished but some of them have been made into I mean they would have all been little factories Islington yeah. and Hackney were covered in little um, you know, places where people would make everything they needed
1: Right, so, so they were little artisan factories well, or small... Well, they, they were
0: fa- factories, I mean they would be making daily requirements so yeah. dairies, um, metal workers well, and horses, of course, as well. I mean, all the horse, all the horse, that's why these buildings are here, because they would have been stables and carriages. Carriage yes, yes. Is,
1: okay. Hmm.
0: But yes, so it was Islington, and we are approaching Islington, we are going from Hackney to Islington. In Islington, okay. Because at Newington Green, one side of the square is Islington. Right. We we're, we're going to look at my very first job.
1: Oh wow! Okay, the anticipation
0: <laughs> when when I was a trainee. Okay, well, it's probably a bit of a land.
1: I know. but you're building you, it up, don't you?
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's just no, I'm just amazed it's still there. I mean, how many years? It's kind of forty years later. It's still wow. there.
1: But so after after leaving um, or, or moving was, on from Islington yeah. Council, mm. is that when you went to HR to yeah, Historic yeah, Royal yeah. Palaces? So. Mm. Um,
0: well, yes. I mean, so I did the the five years so that was degree. Nineteen ninety
1: five was it? Nineteen ninety three. Nineteen ninety three. Yeah. Because uh, I joined nineteen ninety five. Yes, so two years right. later. Okay. So that wow, when that just, happened. Yes.
0: Um, I was part of the architects' department by then. It was called the technical services department. That's where I was a qualified surveyor. Um, so I worked with a huge number of architects, and it was it was a great place to work because yeah. everyone was really kind of busy, there was lots of work going on and it was just, everybody worked hard and then you also kind of socialised again. Anyway, so I applied for this job at Hampton Court because I was interested in fire, I was always always interested in fire <laughs> and they said they were setting up a fire team and this said, what are we do. Oh great, so I went and got the book about the fire at yes. Hampton Court Yeah. and um, read yeah. that I thought, oh yes I could do this and went uh, for the interview and the, inter- the other person doing the interview was Adrian who ended up getting the job and he, oh no, it's a maintenance job, that's right. It was maintenance, in the maintenance department. Although mm. really what I was interested in was fire. But um, I didn't get it, Adrian got it. And um, later on I would, I would work for Adrian. But I thought, oh, well, never mind. I had a nice day out, go and look at Hampton Court. And then I got back to the office and, thought, and um, in Islington and thought, I'll just carry on here. And then somebody phoned me up and said, we'd like to offer you another job at um, Hampton Court. And I assumed it was someone else, at Islington, pulling pulling my leg. Yeah. And I said, "Yeah, all well, right, very funny." Put the phone down. <laughs> oh, no, and then I went round. It was one of the landscapers I suspected. And I said, "That—that that was you, Noel, wasn't it?" On the phone, and he said, "No, it wasn't." I said, "Yes, it was." He said, "No, it wasn't." Oh no! And I thought, "Oh, maybe it was." <laughs> anyway, too late now. Put the phone. Down.
1: You slammed the phone
0: down. Anyway, so luckily, thinking it was a prank. <laughs> Stephen Bond ph- phoned back. And right. he was the surveyor of the fabric at Hampton Court then. Yes. And he had, we'd had talked about fire and he, dis- he said there was another job and did I want that, um, which was in the fire team. And I thought,
1: yes, I'd <laughs> rather <I> do that <laughs> <laughs> <Isn't> than maintenance. <laughs> so
0: yes. I, he did phone back and I, I didn't put the phone down this time <laughs> I said yes. And I, I thought, brilliant. And that's when I went to work for for a short while and then we we went off and set up the fire team
1: yeah yeah yes and Philip is now a surveyor in Wellington isn't he New Zealand in New Zealand but you know I was just thinking how things have gone almost like full circle because you you've just retired and almost immediately we've had this horrendous 2020 yeah and as a result of that HRP has had to lay off an awful lot of people or they've asked people to take voluntary yeah. retirement and with that more than 300 people again the wealth of yeah. knowledge yeah. and experience that's just it's been gone. lost overnight yeah. is quite horrific it's almost on a scale that you experience with um, islington yeah yeah oh, it's it's, with, it's worse with, because with it's, a, happened,
0: it's happened everywhere hasn't it it's happened so how in, have, yeah.
1: i mean what well, what what is the how do you see all of that and, well... No, it's, it's devastating, obviously, it's but de- life goes per- on. Personally, it? it's
0: devastating for so, so many people. Yeah. Completely out of the blue. It suggests that the the model, the business model that HRPU is founded on, which is charge of visitors and then you can pay your staff, is flawed. Yes. Because clearly, I mean, it fell apart during foot and mouth. It fell apart during nine eleven. Yes. And it fell apart during SARS. I mean, so, but this time it really has just hit the buffers yeah and um it means it's just not a sustainable model and that if if people are going to or if people value their history their you know what's left what's what we can learn from historic buildings and what people love to go and look at then there should be a different way of funding it Mm. and um i mean i I can't tell you what it is. I could, I just t- can tell you what it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be at the vagaries of what rich tourists can afford, which is what, what it happens. So when the rich tourists don't come, yes. everybody else yeah. suffers because yes. the place is shut and everyone loses yeah. their jobs. Yes. And it's,
1: it's the people,
0: the ones who have lost their jobs.
1: Whoops, sorry, we're tied together with a <laughs> wire here.
0: <laughs> the ones that have lost their jobs were, A, a as you said, very experienced you know, people who'd been around for a long time, yes, and who had no time then to download their experience to the next wave of people coming along, because yes, they yes. weren't there. Um, or there are people who are just starting out. I mean, in a way, that's much worse. Who are now just batted back, saying, "No, you can't do this." And of course, that happens in so many industries in cre- creative, theatre, artistic, all all the things where it's hard enough to make a, a living. But at the moment, people are just ground down. I mean, my nephew's a musician. They've, they've managed just to get through it. Yes. But many haven't. No. And they're, no. they're having to, to give up all their hopes and aspirations. It's, it's very sad.
1: Yes. It, I mean, it's yeah. also the, a lot of the young people yeah. who are starting out and yeah, they have dreadful, no one nothing. to ask well. With with some kind of experience, because mm. although it's, I mean, it's amazing that they can just they have free reign, It could be really dangerous Lonely, depending yeah, yeah. depending on what the situation is, and yeah. and, and well. also a sense of um, mm. I don't know. There, what is the answer? There's, well, I think my thinking about it is is to try and make
0: myself as available as I can yes. for young people. So I'm involved in education and training. I go back to college going back to college
1: going yeah. past college. you're going to be teaching at the college the, the conservation school is it a school or something no I'm or going to be a, a student? student oh you're going to be a student <laughs> but I thought
0: you were going to go to Stratford yes I'm going to, I'm going to that's where I'm, I'm I'm a student at Stratford but I'm on the education committee for SPAB so um, which is the, the society the of podcasters
1: Listeners, it's sorry. the Society for Protection of Ancient, Ancient Buildings, buildings yes, which, right. is a, been, which is a long-standing organisation set up by William Morris. That's right. Yes. Um, yes. and still it's still going strong. It's still
0: going very strong, and they have fellows and scholars, training programmes, but also you can go online. I must give you the um, right. Sorry, Joe, We're hang on a bit. I must give you the. Uh,
1: it's just like oh yeah. There we go
0: the um, the website address so you can because they do a lot of lovely training um, and CPD podcasts and um, on the website so you can you can get it for free some of them you pay for but some of them are free as well yes but making the expertise of people who have worked all their lives in conservation and buildings. Available to the next generation is done through voluntary organisations like that, right. and I'm in another one called CoTac, which is the Council on Training of architecture on Architectural Conservation as well. With Ingle Maxwell, yeah, still going strong. He's done that ever since he's okay. left. Okay, he's the, he was with Historic Scotland, wasn't Historic he? Scotland,
1: yeah. yeah. So I mean, there's. I suspect in other industries the same thing is I happening so. where, so. yes. where and if not it should be maybe yes. this it was hopefully yes. will be a, yes. a trigger for people yes. to to think about yes. how they can contribute in a way yes. which actually capitalizes on knowledge or not capitalizes but actually uh, captures yes. captures the yes. knowledge and experience people have yeah. for the next generation yeah. so you can do so mentoring, at least...
0: encouraging educating yes, retraining yeah. you know all, all that sort of thing the trouble is doing it at scale and that's that's one of the things we're grappling with at the moment because there is money and funding available for apprenticeship in construction and in conservation as part of the apprenticeship levy right. system that the government instituted which is it's very bad at the moment, but we could make it better, so that's another part of what we're trying to do yes is to use that money to help people who are struggling to find out what, what to do next. Yes and the, the the debate is as to whether you put conservation training into mainstream construction apprenticeships yes. or whether you have conservation specialist apprenticeships right. And my view is that it goes into mainstream construction because so much, if you're you're going to be sustainable, so much of the building stock in this country is pre-1919. Therefore, you need to know how to work on existing buildings. Yeah, yeah. Um, And flinging up ever more steel and glass offices is clearly not the way forward. And all these buildings in the the city, which are now mostly empty because everyone's working from home, I can't see everyone going back no. And no. filling them all up again. Yeah. Or paying the ridiculous rents that they, they do.
1: So, this this is an interesting. So, it's almost like a, a complete turnaround from mm. people going to college or to university to actually going back to this apprentice style. Yes. Learning, Le- learning on the Education, job. Yeah. learning on the job. Yeah. Which, which, because Construction for the, in the foreseeable makes and future, seems makes
0: sense. sensible, doesn't yeah. it? It makes sense. Yeah. So, you, you, you know. It's a it's a good way to learn. It's a good yes. way to use expertise that's been you know developed over years by people who are still there. Yeah. The, the few who are still there. It's also a good way. It's a much more productive way of of having students because they're they're actually doing work as well.
1: Yeah, but this right. is interesting. For, now, for right, where, where are we? We're are in Newington Green. Newington Green. Yes. Yes. Here we are. We've so arrived here we are okay. on the
0: cusp of Hackney and Islington. And this is such an interesting square. Okay. So, let's go past the Unitarian Church first. Okay. Bit of a noisy place, so just wait a bit for... Traffic, yes, yes. So, this is the Unitarian Church, which is now, it's called a new Unitarian Church, and it's it's called... London's non-religious church, where they build a deep secular community right here in Newington Green, right. because it was non-conformist, and it was a non-conformist um, area around here, so yes. people who were challenging the accepted um, way of worshipping or living were, were attracted to this area. So okay. th- when this was built, yes, um, in the early 18th century, This square was here, but there were lots of interesting things going on. And um, if we go into the park, I can tell you a bit more about them.
1: But now this is a
0: very uh, forward looking um, church. Yep. And you see they've got the Black Lives Lives Matter. We're
1: still here for you during the pandemic. Hashtag believe in good. So that's great. Because so there used to be, or maybe there still is, um, uh, a jazz cafe in Newington. Yes. Is it still um, here? Because I think I've, that's what I've come to, so just um, let this guy go around There's a big trolley. dance hole
0: around the corner that hasn't... Oh, right. Are you going in there? You just do it too much. Oh no. There we go. Sorry, sorry. I forgot. That's all right.
1: Yes. Right. We are attached once more. Okay. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um yeah,
0: there was a place called the Weaver's Arms where you could go and listen to music. That's what it was. It was nearby. It's big dance hall. Oh I've okay. been out for years, but it was another haunt when I was in the seventies and eighties.
1: Yeah. Right, we just crossed. I right, just let these people go by first. Uh... Oh it's a busy little area, isn't it? This the whole notion of retirement, I mean you chose to retire at a time where, and then suddenly <laughs> a lot of people had no, had no choice, no, but no, to, too, to yeah. think retirement was actually the best thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And so mentally that's well, for was, you, you're, you're prepared, in a unique yeah. kind of group of people who retired at a, at a point with perhaps a lot of goals and ideas of what you were going to do. And then coronavirus came, COVID-19, lockdowns and how how did that has that really affected you this year or have you found it's just been a year to to process Mm. the last 23 years and start putting ideas into motion and plan or has it
0: well it's 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 been fine i mean i think when you retire when you stop having to go to work for the first time in my life since i was in my mid-twenties yes um you have to stop and take stock so let's go over there okay we're in in the newton green now you have to stop and think i'm having a rest now yeah and i think people do that for maybe about six months, where you stop having to get up for work, which yeah, is such yeah. a lovely thing.
1: <laughs> you don't <laughs> have to get on the it. tube. Don't go on, on the, the t- train. Oh, I just do not miss those crowded, crowded trains. But the at thing all is, <laughs> the thing is, at the moment, nobody's doing Everybody, that. Everybody's doing, working. At home. I, know, so I know. It's I know, like everybody's, I know. everybody's doing what you're doing. I know. But it
0: doesn't matter. It's still yeah. enjoyable. Yes. <laughs> it's still enjoyable. And I did get sick. Um, I mean, when I left, the office at the tower i thought oh, i'll be back here in a couple of weeks and i can clear up and finish off then because i actually retired on the 22nd of may which is long after lockdown and i thought oh, did you I yeah realize that. i thought I, I had leave to take and everything and i thought oh um i'll have time to clear up yes. <laughs> so i left the place in a bit of a mess and i, I never i never went back till actually in july i went back and everything had a kind of little layer of dust all over and tumbleweed and <laughs> <laughs> it's very odd. Um, but uh, I sort of didn't realise the severity, I don't think anybody did at the, at the end of March. People didn't really, mid-March, no, nobody no. really really thought this is going to be it for the rest of the year.
1: No. Well, the um, rhetoric was very yeah. strong, strongly suggested that by the end of May we'd be back on our feet. Sort of, and anyway, so so I, I didn't really think about it like that then
0: and I thought, well, we can, I can finish off later. But then I got sick at the beginning of April. I must have caught something. I don't know if it was COVID or not, but I was very ill for a week. And it was at that point I thought, oh, yeah, this this is a pandemic. And this is what it means, you know. And we were doing, Sophie had come into our bubble because she was shielding at that point because of her spleen, my daughter. Sophie's your daughter, that's
1: right. And she had her spleen removed at birth or. Very, when she, when very she was young, a child, yeah.
0: yeah. So she was, yeah, naturally quite. Um, so she she was recommended to shield. Since then, they've decided that you don't have to shield. We can sit there, yeah. Um, but as a teacher, the schools the schools were closed at that point as well, so she couldn't go to school.
1: Right. And of course, being a teacher, she teaches Spanish and she teaches
0: and Spanish and um, English as a second language. So she deals with a lot of children whose first language isn't English, or refugees. Um, who just arrived? Yes. So um, it it, it kind of hit us then that oh yeah, this is quite serious. I mean, Pat was retired too, so he said it didn't make much difference to him because he just carried on and the Pat, same. your husband yeah, had yeah. had retired a couple of years oh, earlier. Oh, he did retired ten years earlier. Oh, had yeah. he? Long yeah. time.
1: all right Anyway, but
0: it, but it didn't. It did. So that that's the first six months was okay because the summer was lovely. We could sort out the garden. I could sort out. All sorts of things. There was just there was always a worry, the, the kind of that you might get it. None of us wanted that. But um, and it was it was in Hackney. It was hard. There were a lot of people that died. In our street, there were three people. Three people who died of COVID. Really? Three. What, pe- what well, age were they? They were elderly.
1: One was one wasn't that.
0: They were in their seventies, eighties. Yes. One was in her sixties, but she was a heavy smoker. But they were all people we knew, you know, yeah. They wouldn't yeah. know them very well. And they were all Afro Caribbean the Um so yes, they had underlying conditions. But actually, you know, many people do. You you can't tell just by looking at people whether they have, you know, an under- no. underlying and it's just just as awful when this suddenly happens, because it happens so quickly. Yeah. One yes. minute they're in the hospital, next minute they're, they're they're dead. And and have to be buried in the most appalling circumstances. Yeah, yeah. So we couldn't go to any of the funerals. One of one of the um, the families next door to us. They was were. Was that
1: resp- the West Indian family? Was
0: that with George? It wasn't. No, George. George is fine. He's ninety, but he's fine. It was, <laughs> I mean, his, it was his son-in-law actually. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Um, and uh, so Carmen they went to the, they had the funeral a long time later, it took ages to organise it, because they were all stacked up, there was no, you couldn't have a funeral quickly, and we did the flowers for it out of the garden. She and I made sheafs of flowers for it, because florists couldn't keep up, they just couldn't keep up with, um, I mean it was, It's sort of hidden, you, you didn't hear about it, you didn't, because it you know, you got the statistics, but you didn't see the reality. The right, no, yeah. You didn't.
1: yeah.
0: I mean, every now and again there'd be television programs about what was like in hospital, but when it's like that every day, it's kind of not news anymore. You know, mm. it doesn't doesn't, and it, they don't report it with
1: this relentless um, awfulness, which it was. It was yeah, just dreadful. Yeah. I I th- I I mean, from the people I've spoken to, I think the way that it, it was relayed through media channels, through BBC mm. or, or whatever channel, ITV. I think people just got completely overwhelmed with the, the way it was being presented.
0: Mm.
1: The, a lot of people I know just stopped listening to the news mm. altogether, mm. almost wanted to be, well, if we have to be in a bubble, I will be in my my mental bubble off. and yeah. then that cuts yeah. you off and then yeah. you've got another yeah. host of issues as a result yeah. of that yeah. or you're looking yeah. to other other mediums to, to find your information which mm. Mm. But I
0: suppose in if you live in a street where you know a lot of people who are now home yes our street was very communal it's very and there's enough space in it so people can talk to each other from the front doors and still be in the street. in distance? And it was yeah. it, it was it yeah. did bring out a huge sense of community in our in our street. Did it? Yes.
1: Yeah. Yes. In Clapton. Yes. yes. Yeah. Yes.
0: So. And you know, it, 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 people didn't go far to the shops because we have Turkish shops at the end of the road, and so you, you could pretty much get
1: what you needed. Yes, Yes. Very easily. Okay. Um, in fact, that was, mm. good. that was one of the questions I wanted to ask you, is, is the area that you're in, and, and this area, I mean it's mm. all, all linked. newington mm. Stoet-Newington, clapton mm. Hackney, it's a real mix of, of communities, West Indian, Turkish, mm. Mm. Greek, mm. Greeks mm. mm. uh, uh Jewish community, Spanish, African, every type of African you see And dispel- with yes, that, yeah. I, I see more in this part of town than I do certainly in, in the south, lots of small individual shops, shops yeah. and businesses yeah. and I'm wondering have you noticed through this period have they all survived yeah. have, they have Pretty so much. that's good
0: they're long established people yeah. shop local people do yeah because these yes. are they're good shops you know they're shops that have everything you need yes they also they don't have much um, overhead they often own the shop the property themselves because okay. so they've, they've been here a long time You know, there's no rent hikes. It doesn't happen that often. Yeah, Um, and it's big families. Yeah, big big families, families. and it's their livelihood. So they all pile in. Yeah, and you find that you find that during the riots as well. Remember, twenty eleven? There were a lot of riots and.
1: Yes, that's when I was just coming. Mm -hmm. Well, I came to. I stayed with you because I'd just come back from Sarajevo, actually. Oh. And. um, And I was walking back and the riots were taking place and I was thinking, (laughs) my mum was going, where are you? (laughs) Yeah. But then you found these huge Turkish families
0: would defend their shops. Yes. Very well. And they did. They They weren't looted. Yeah. And and there's, yeah, I mean, it's just, I mean, it's it's fairly kind of basic and, um, you know, there's, it's all, there's sta- shops that sell staples, but yeah. for, there's enough variety and there's plenty of fruit and veg, and you know, there's plenty of what you need. There's not the fancy food you get in Waitrose, there's not the, no pre-prepared you know, meals, all that sort of thing, which is much better. I think I've eaten much better during lockdown. More than healthily, I, than yeah. I, yeah. Yes, yeah. Than, I, than I did before, because you've got time to cook. But So there's an ambulance going by. During during lockdown, there would be the, the traffic on the road were ambulances because we lived near Homerton Hospital. Yes. and we knew they were COVID, You just knew. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: It's just just awful time. Mm.
1: So here we sit in yes. Yes. Square. Yes.
0: now, So the this reason is, the reason yes. that I brought you here is because it is a very old square. The houses that we're looking at. If you see the houses behind the pavilion there, the two big London planes. Yes. you can see they are brick houses but underneath that they are timber framed houses are they really and they were, were built in um the 16th century 17th century sorry so they, they date from 1652 and there probably were houses there before but that was the time by at that time this was not London this yes. was stoke newton or newton green and it London was far to the south and mm-hmm. there was fields between here and London Yes. so what happened is that people who were kind of chased out because they weren't—they were um, not they were non and dissenters, religiously—that that was important at the time—would come and live here. Right, right. So it became a place for radical ideas, um, different ways of living, and the Unitarian Church on the other side of the square. Yes. And. These houses were built then. They, they were almost destroyed because they were derelict by the 1970s. But the council set up a building preservation trust and refurbished them so they are protected. Right. right. And they're now listed and they are actually inhabited now. They're, they're houses. Okay, yeah, you can see the lines
1: up. And so.
0: The most famous person to live in them was Mary Wollstonecraft and she set up a school here. Mary Wollstonecraft was born in the late 1700s. Um, She died in 1797 Mm -hmm. in childbirth at the age of 38. She wasn't very old. How many Um, children? Well she had two but she didn't get married until she was 38. She was a very radical person. Her father had been. Um, can't remember what he was but he was he was abusive and drunk a drunkard and lost all his money her mother died and she and her sister escaped and they came here and yeah. set up um, the school for the education of young girls mm-hmm. because at that time um, she had a brother who was educated but she had none right and right. she was clearly no no education and she was clearly very able she was a Philosopher. She she wasn't she she didn't write great tomes of books, but she wrote tracts which mm-hmm. defended positions. She defended the French Revolution. She got very friendly with the the um, vicar or whatever he's called in the in Unitarian Church. Yes. His name was Price, and they would have great debates about you know how life should be and how.
1: Is that how she w- started being educated then? I mean, yes. to educate herself. She was herself, self self educated. Yes, yes, yes. self
0: educated. But she was an extraordinary woman. She went to France to see what the French Revolution was like. She really She met a soldier. Yes. She shacked up with soldier, and she had a baby out of wedlock. <laughs> soldier left her to be then off she went on a tour of um, Sweden, see how they lived in in Sweden. And, and you no, know, it's just she was looking for how life could be led in a sort of civilized manner. Yeah. She found yeah. life the way it was organized in London to be oppressive and awful and. You know very bad for women as well so, so anyway she was she, looking
1: for a different models yeah. yeah. societal models i suppose so, so
0: she set up the school the school didn't last very long because it was where uh, was the school it was, was it there actually? in those, in, in, those, those, those okay, buildings. Yeah. in those buildings um it didn't last very long but it was because it wasn't funded very yeah. well but then she went to um, portugal to, to see her best friend fanny blood her name was and fanny blood was pregnant at the time and she died in childbirth too, which oh was at, the, at a very young age. And then, when she had her child with a soldier in in France, that child was called Fanny after her best friend. Okay. Fanny but then she met um, a guy called George. Somebody or other, I can't remember his name. But he he was an anarchist. He mm-hmm. was he was another radical thinker. And she did get married to him, and she had a child with him and um she died in childbirth at the age of 38 just a few months after well not in childbirth a few months after the few okay, weeks after child so was born but how that's tragic pretty, absolutely tragic so anyway she lived here she was this extraordinary woman of of whom very little was heard until at least 100 years after her death because right. she was so shamed by the establishment because she'd had children out of wedlock It was just unheard of yeah and it was it wasn't until 100 years later that she was actually brought to the fore again and said oh yeah actually she was a pretty amazing woman her daughter the one that she had when she died was Mary Shelley who married Percy Bysshe Shelley and wrote the Frankenstein stories oh my goodness okay that was her daughter so that's one reason there's there's history here the other reason is the Labour Club is here that building over there is the
1: mild May on the corner there the the red Um, brick building which has got
0: it's one of these old old labour clubs. It's basically a drinking establishment where you could go and have on a Saturday night, and it's still it's still there if you. Look at any of the old films about, me, like *Maiden Dagenham or any of the, the 1950s yes, yeah. and 60s. They're filmed in there, oh, but they, they really? still okay. have a big hall, dance yeah. hall, and a stage with a glitter curtain. Okay, still, all, still in all in goodness. So know. every now and again, it's usually the film set, but you can have parties here. So one day I will have a party. Yeah, <laughs> you do that? Um, and then behind us, there's um, a school, and then behind that is another estate. It's one of the, the pre-war estates where my first big job was, which is a nursery, that's okay. in there, Bronte yeah. House, but my first little job was some securities railings in there. Was in and this, they block yes, this block of flats Yes, this block of flats, not two, very prepossessing.
1: like five storeys, is it? Like, yes. Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. And um, they had a sage court, it was called, and they, they they had problems with people climbing up onto the balconies, and they wanted, at the back, they wanted security railings. So the standard is kind of horrible security railings and spiky things. I that. Let's just So we'd have a consultation with the tenants, and I said, "Well, how about these?" And they're just mesh, and then we could brighten them up with a little bit of circles, bubbles, maybe just yeah.
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> anyway, they said, "Oh yeah, that's a good idea." So we did that. <laughs> Are they in. still
1: there? Do you know? They're still. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we'll have to go and have a look then. We'll
0: have a photo. <laughs> Will
1: they not there. No, it was your first this. job, isn't it? It Joe? was
0: my first job and it was just a way of saying, well, look, let's try and brighten this up and make it a little little bit dead. <laughs> it cost nothing. The contractor
1: did it for nothing. Wow. Because <laughs> um, th- they'd never been asked to brighten up these <laughs> railings. Oh, okay. And you never thought you'd be doing the railings at Hampton Court Palace and no. then Kew no. <laughs> Palace and <laughs> one extreme to the other. Well, well you have to but start that's somewhere. that's lovely. But I think yeah. to, you're, that you're but your roots and and you have very strong connections to the square is just yes well
0: so, islington was where sophie went to school and her nursery is just down the road there she went yeah. to the nursery and her best friend lived around the corner so yeah and i had another best friend who lived up there in, in captain row you know she was australian yeah. actually and she, yeah. then she went back to australia she's an australian now and it, yes it's just it's a place where it's become sort of home yes, you know, it's, yeah. yeah i don't know what how how you decide that but Home to me is London, rather Mm. than Scotland, Mm
1: -hmm. yeah. And did this, this square, has it always been a place where you've sat and thought about oh this is the beginnings, or is that something that's come very recently that you've realised all the different connections?
0: There's lots of places like this in London where I can go, where you think yes I I kind of understand what's going on around here. Mm. or it's part of my history. I mean it's been tarted up. It's, I mean there didn't used to be nice seats here. No, <laughs> it used to be to a place wouldn't... where drinkers used to sit and there was no coffee pavilion. I mean Newington Green was quite, I mean, it still was busy but it was, yes. it's not, yeah. wasn't somewhere you can sit. But the reason it's used a lot now is they've got the coffee pavilion but there's this sculpture, the Mary Wollstone craft, oh. which we past. But there's The point about it, I think, is it's a sculpture by Maggie Hamlin which is um, she's a she's a you know a modern abstract artist, very very well respected, renowned. From right. this right. area, is she? Uh, no, I don't think she's from here. But mm. the committee that put it all together, yes, chose her, and she, she she was asked to do it, commissioned to do it. And the sculpture, I mean, we should go and look at it, yes, yeah, because it's 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 a sculpture for Mary Wilson um, and it's it's meant to signify her struggles and the struggles of women through the ages and there's a big debate about it because there's a there's a, a naked um, female form in the top and some people think oh you should have a naked woman there but what she represents i think is women right just yes. women, sort yeah sort of thing so yeah. it's not it's not a representation of mary Wilson's craft which would look a bit odd if you did that in a in this context and also it's it's a very human scale sculpture. Yeah, yeah. Which in this year I think is particularly important, but it's not some great, huge thing. Man, generally on top of a column, <laughs> did horrible things <laughs> in order to get where he was. And this is this is much more human. Right. And there was a, a lovely moment when a, 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 there there are often crowds around it, kind of just trying to decide, having a debate about whether they like it or not. Particularly mm-hmm. at the weekend. One weekend I came and there were there was a whole group of kids little little girls mostly there was some boys there and I just went up to it. I came here with Joanna my, my friend Joanna and we were just looking at it and talking about it anyway I put my hands on it just to feel it because it's, it's you can you know mm. many sculptures you can't and often it's that's part of the, the tactile nature of the sculpture something you want to to touch, touch. Yeah. so I did yeah. and the, the kids were around there, Oh, touch it and you could hear them going mm, she's touching she mm. <laughs> and I said to them, you can't touch it, and all, the, all their little hands came out <laughs> and they put their hands on it, it was just a, a lovely moment you know, all these little, little hands on the bottom of the sculpture just yeah. feeling it, Yes. and um, you know, they probably never touched a sculpture <laughs> before. <laughs> before, no, no <laughs> it's just a lovely moment, get... and so in that sense, it's accessible yeah. you know, Yeah. so yeah. You, can, you can reach it yes, yes, so it just, it from this angle, moment.
1: from this angle, it looks like a cat oh, like a cat at the lower level, with yes. this really long tail. Yes, yes this, kind yeah, of, yeah.
0: This, this sinuous, it is, it's a very sinuous, organic yeah. sort of feel to it.
1: Yeah. So what was the name of the sculptor? Her name is Maggie Hamblin. Maggie Maggie Hambling. Maggie Hambling, okay. Because well, I we, wonder, has she stood beside it and given a, a, an account of... Um, oh, oh, oh. How, I think what she was thoughts, here at the opening. Okay, at the opening,
0: but was a smudge, it was at that point it was very low key. Nobody knew yeah, about of it. of course. Yeah. And then it hit the papers, and everyone's got a view you now. and yeah. there's, there's lots of controversy about it. But,
1: but if anything, it, it's getting people to know about Mary Wollstonecraft,
0: which is the main. Which point. is the main yeah. point. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it's supposed to go with an exhibition in the Unitarian Church, but the church is closed. Of oh, yes, course. Yeah but I, I hope it'll be there later so the two will explain yes a lot more. yeah
1: okay well we're definitely going to have a, mm. a quick look I think I just um I was just wondering what other th- other things I, I had this idea of all these questions I was going to ask you but I think we we've, we've kind of covered a lot of mm. a lot of ground anyway mm. and I was just wondering yeah in your neighborhood particularly uh, with the black lives matter movements that came to the fore mm. in the in the yeah. summer did that have an impact on you, your neighbours, your street particularly? Because you are, within your street mm-hmm. alone, you're, you're a very mixed community yeah, well, Hackney, and, yeah. and Hackney itself. But did you, because it seems that there's there's some people who didn't want to talk about it at all and others who wanted oh, yeah. to talk about it a lot. And then there were those who were not sure whether the platform that they, that was being used for, the, for specific discussions was the right platform and I just wondered from, from your perspective of Blackton and mm-hmm. people around you whether what the oh, reaction I mean, was
0: the reaction was support total support
1: mm.
0: um, people put Black Lives Matter posters in their window whether they were black or white everybody did it. Mm. So BLM, you, you see BLM everywhere. Yes, you, yeah. you can see, even see it in Christmas decorations, sometimes it's written up in, um, there is one actually over there, we, we walked past it, um, and it just spelt out BLM. Yes. And so there was very little of that debate here that I heard, you know, saying what's too political. Like every, of course it's political, that's, that's what it what it's about. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, of course, uh, Hartley ha- has a long tradition of this sort of, protest. You know, it's, if, if you go to the Royal Academy now, this is the strangest thing, I went to the Royal Academy the summer-winter exhibition. Yes, The first room is, um, is do, it's done, it's, it's selected, curated by Isaac Julian, and he's a Royal academician now. Um, he's a filmmaker. And he was here in the early 1980s. Now, I, I knew him, I remember him well. And there were the same issues happening here, you know, the same protests happened outside the police station over various people who were wrongly accused or were killed in police stations here. You you think they say it only happens in America, but actually the the case of Colin Roach happened here. Mm. And now, I was surprised that it's part of the the summer winter um, oil academy exhibition. The first room is full of images that were taken by Isaac then right. after the Colin Roach um, demonstration. Okay? And they look, you know, you can see it's early 1980s, but they're, they're saying the same things, the same messages, the same sort of protests, mostly black then. I mean, there were a few white people, I was there. But now in Hackney, it's much more mixed. It's a lot more white, a lot more more black and white and mm-hmm. Turkish and everybody else. Yeah, yeah what you see on the news were all those big demonstrations in the city most people didn't do that they had local ones so you did they didn't get onto the, the news so with carmen my next door neighbor we went to the one at um hackney town hall there was a big vigil there and then we went to another one down by hoxton which is another candlelit vigil for yeah George um, <laughs> and you know all these little local things happened, but they, they didn't get the. The coverage, and you know they were for they to keep people safe because you had distancing, everybody wore masks, yeah, yeah, and that sort of depth of feeling about it wasn't really conveyed by the big demonstrations, angry demonstrations that you saw in in the centre of the town. I mean, Mm -hmm. of course they were important and yeah,
1: yeah,
0: but they you know they happened in a much more low-key way here, yes, because. Um, I think here you'd find very few people who would argue anything else. Yeah. Like you don't hear, I mean, I have seen it in other parts of London where you see Black Lives Matter up on the wall and then "Black" scored out and someone says, all lives matter. You know what?
1: Really?
0: Oh. really? You know, it's just completely but it's missing the point. It's completely miss the point. Yeah. <laughs> <missed> the point. <laughs> yeah. Of course they do, but that isn't a point. Yeah. When yeah. It, when it's, Know, black people being killed, institutional racism, all the rest of it. yeah. yeah. Um, and here, of course, there are many figures in the council and in the police who are black as well, which means that there's a much more understanding of in, in, institutional racism. I'm, I'm not, I, I agree it still exists. Yeah. But there, it's been a debate all along. It's kind of yeah. not new. It's, no, it's, no, no, no. It's, um, it's been a long struggle. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's great that it's kind of, the whole issue has come to the fore that's not great obviously that the way in which it happened oh, but exactly, that young yeah. black people are much more aware and empowered by black lives matter and the amount of literature I mean bookshops here are full yes, of black, yes, black, black yeah. literature which is fabulous because it you know, didn't, didn't get, a, no. get a look in before no, it didn't. Um, no.
1: I think it's that depth of empathy as well within London mm. as, a, as a whole, which is which is very encouraging and positive, although there's still a long way to go. Oh,
0: there is. There is. I mean, look at West Ham. West Ham last weekend booed them taking the knee at the... the um, Did they really? Yes. Like and then they were defended by George Eustace, the government minister, saying, no like, no oh, way. well, not everybody agrees. It's too political. Yeah. Nonsense. You know, it's just... That's, yeah. these are These are just fundamental human responses and you can't accept that no I mean, football is one of the worst actually. yeah human rights yeah yeah
1: Games. yes so sorry one final question Joe, <laughs> yeah. before we freeze yeah. in this <laughs> in this dank there's a bit of, it's, it's very <laughs> dank bone chilling <laughs> london yeah, yeah. well yeah. December day, was, yeah. That, that's true yes my ends of my fingers i think i'm beginning to lose contact with boring, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly anyway but just one last quick question i want to ask um as a woman
0: mm-hmm.
1: And a single mum oh, yeah. bringing up your daughter yeah. in London yeah. what advice would you give to other women in a similar situation? It, oh. um, or would you ha- or would you now give to your your younger self? I know the times were different to, to now, but fundamentally well I, n- I never look back and regret anything. I don't regret anything no. So don't do that good
0: attitude yes. I don't do that yeah I mean I think oh maybe I could have done that different but I, if you can learn from it fine but I think someone coming to it's just to, it's just to be open to everything to to talk to everybody to you know inquire to be curious to just embrace everything that London has to offer which is not so much this past year but generally yeah. it's it's an extraordinary place yeah. because all the world comes here everybody, yes. comes here. everybody yeah everybody brings things to london and, and to you know, discover them and mm. be part of them and understand uh, what's going on around and what happens what happens in the rest of the world yes go,
1: but how do you how did you as as essentially um not a londoner at the start mm. and mm. having mm. sophie in, and integrating into london society and bringing up a child at the same mm. time in in a in a society which perhaps you didn't You didn't understand as well as you do now. Mm,
0: mm. Well, I was lucky because I was political.
1: Yes. Right.
0: I had a a framework of people who thought and acted very like me. So I was in the Labour Party. So straight away, you have a family of people who are like-minded. You know, who want to make the world a better place. You know, a range of you know not all of them agreed with, obviously, but there was a whole framework there, and people were kind. You know, people gave space and time and, and generally people are kind you know mm. you, you can be unlucky but most most people will help you yes. and are generous with their time and their houses and their mm. space you know they, yeah. they were generous and so i've tried to do that you know as, as i go along so i i always take people in mm. if they haven't got anywhere else to go yes you yes. know that i I'm, and my house is open to everyone um, you know, I love to have people come and tell me what they're doing. So I've always had students, or you know, people come from different parts of the world to come and stay for a while in the house, if, so they get on their own feet. You know, yes, that, yes, just as a stopover. And that's because it was that's how it, London felt to me when I came. Mm. It, was, it was a welcoming place, and I right. find welcoming people. Yeah, yeah, well, I did. Okay. So, and you know, it's it's. For some people, they f- they they find it's not welcoming. It can be lonely, but partly that's because they haven't found the little networks that exist. Exactly, and you find them by inquiring and kind of stravaging around and looking for them. Yes, and you know, seeing the being, ones being, that being are a for you. As well. yes, yeah. being a little brave and thinking, all right, that might be awkward, but it could be a whole new arena of, of friends and contacts and, yes. and you know, yeah, people that you can share discourse and ideas with them. and that's the thing talking talking the important thing is to talk
1: yeah and london's great for that people do talk. it is mm.
0: they do yeah. they do mm. not like aberdeen, aberdeen. <laughs>
1: <laughs> aberdeen's got its own mix of people who've come from abroad because of the oil industry yes, and everything yeah. so it's it is an now. Un, it's it an, an now, yeah, yeah it's it wasn't when i left yeah yeah, yeah. again and that's, that's the thing isn't yeah. it? how mm-hmm. how we how, how we perceive it. things yeah. in, in a certain moment in time and how things do change And that's it's also that's being open to the fact that it might have changed and, and and also that it can change Yes, yeah.
0: yeah yes well and that we should be part of the change yes yeah, yeah. precisely yeah. yes if we can yeah. i mean obviously not everyone can but if you can
1: yeah try and make a difference yes yeah. joe i think we'll stop there okay. it's been lovely having you as a podcast guest thanks for being oh, part of it and <laughs> no and we're going to go and have a look at the it's Mary Walsham Wolf, right.
0: Wolfs- yeah everyone should come and
1: have statue yeah. in Stoke Newington Square the ambulance no, Newington Green. oh sorry Stoke Newington Green Newington Green what am i talking about Newington Green yeah. and yeah. we're going to go have a coffee i think as well <laughs> okay, take away coffee, there, coffee. It, yeah. sure okay. but for now um to all you podcast listeners out there Thank you so much for tuning in today's podcast and have been inspired, got some takeaways. We'll be back again next week. But for now, have a lovely week. Take care. Oh, yes. And do please share the podcast if you enjoyed it. Tell your friends. Subscribe if you can. But until next week, take care and thanks for listening.